I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends, Elliot and Damla. Changing it up every week. <laughs> Love that. Ooh, moving and grooving. Moving and grooving. Absolutely. Always. How are you? Not not bad. Not bad. It is grey. It is raining. The hot weather has gone. It's put me in the mood for some Doctor Who. That's a lie. But, you know, anyway, I'm fine. <laughs> Well, how's how's it handling? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I just I just feel like this next two parter is going to really challenge the listeners because <laughs> we are exhausted because because of my voices. Um, <laughs> I mean, is this I don't know? Is this universally loved? Who knows? I don't know. I'm not going. to... Yeah, it's fine. But let's save it. Save it. Save it. But how are you, my lovely? Yeah, 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 same answer as before. Doing, doing, oh yeah, doing I did right. ask you, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing my okay. Bad. I'm doing okay. I'm just trying uh, to make sure you're okay. I'm trying to make sure this is a safe space for everyone. Okay. Thank you. Someone needs to make sure I'm okay. I am the HR department. Fucking hell, <laughs> we, we, we are screwed. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, uh, I was going to think of a segue. Can't be fucked. Uh, three males. 
We're here. Yes. Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's get it's just getting each week it gets more slick and more professional. Um we're over, we're over here by my big sack. Um <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying that word. Oh my god. Stop saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh look, I decided to go I decided to go Maverick and pick up some slightly, but not too bad, but slightly longer emails this week. Um hey. to read out some capital C content because i'm feeling nice so our first one picked up random from my bag goes as follows hi damlin elliot hello hi first off thank you for doing this podcast it's the best doctor who one out there in my opinion well you know your opinion is is yeah tish to fipsy but yeah we appreciate it um <laughs> Uh, and you guys have such different opinions on episodes the most, and it's really refreshing and interesting. Well, that's true. We don't toe the corporate line of Doctor Who. We tell you what's rubbish and what's not. We're special. Um, I'm currently on the Torchwood S1 run-through. Uh, I assume that means Series 1. I really hope you do the others. Well, are you at luck? We just did Torchwood Series 2 a handful of episodes back. You lucky, lucky thing. And I've been a long-time Torchwood fan since my early teens, when I was old enough to watch it as much like you guys. I was a kid when the series started, so I wasn't allowed to watch it. Although I do remember sneaking downstairs to peer through the door when my parents would watch it and have to seek memories of the rose petal scene from Small Worlds and having nightmares about it for weeks. To be fair, that is pretty creepy. Really weird. It is really weird. My question is, would you ever consider doing an episode on the Torchwood audio dramas slash books? For example, to talk about the character development, seeing them and how we see those changes in the show. I was always a bit frustrated how Jack went from holding Yanto at gunpoint in Cyborgman, but then being quite friendly in Small World. But the audio drama Broken fills in the gap and shows how the relationship started to blossom. I, I assume no pun intended there about the Rose Bells. I also found it brought much more character to Owen and Tosh, as well as made them much more lovable. Damler, books, audio dramas, Torchwood, what are you saying? You're the resident Torchwood fan. Yeah, can I be frank? I feel like, you know, we're all friends here. We're all... It's a safe space. Is it a safe space? I'm going to say it is. I'd rather you be Dambler, but... Yes, well, I... You know what? I'm just going to... Hey, I'm just going to say it how it is. Absolutely bloody not. Can't be asked. I'll just be <laughs> honest with you. I can't be bothered. This thing, I have some audio adventures that I would like to listen to in my personal time. There's one with Adam I want to listen to. There's one with uh, Martha and Gwen. Absolutely signed me up. Other than that, I can't be bothered. I really can't be bothered, uh, honestly. Yeah. I mean, there's so there's so much, isn't there? And so many audios and so many books that it's hard. And we're, we're doing, we have some plans for some books and maybe some audios like redacted and things like that. But... We're trying to sort of keep it relevant to what we're discussing at the time. But, you know, maybe one day when there's a dearth of content or if, you know, we're able to leave our day job thanks to the wonderful support on people on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash come on pom podcast, then maybe one day we'll be able to do this as bonus episodes and you can vote on them, but only if you give us money, please. Thank you. Anyway. Um... <laughs> oh, can I say one thing, though? Can I just interject there? Um... No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Um... I'm bringing it back. Yeah, sorry, Karen. Uh, the, so the Rose Tyler audio series, what's it called? The Dimension Canon or something. We will probably do that, right? Because it's Jackie, it's Pete, it's Rose. Hello, like, yeah. like same with like Year of Martha Jones stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna do those those ones for our girlies, you know, uh, because we have to, quite frankly. But we don't have the funds to do a lot of it. Just being honest. 
yeah, like I yeah, like we don't you know, like I say, we don't we don't have time to record tons of bonus episodes because we can only do you know what what our output is at the moment. Um and then on top of that we also yeah don't have the money to buy loads of random big finish audios. So it's something that, you know, yeah, in the future, in a more solvent place would be enjoyable, but we currently don't have any plans for it at the moment. Patreon.com forward slash coming on Pom Podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> keep up the great work and look forward to your future eps. And that is from Zoe or Zoe. I don't know. Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. And by the way, Zoe, not going to read it out here for privacy reasons, but love your last name. And our next email goes as follows Hello, Elliot and Damla. Hi. I discovered the podcast a few months ago and it is amazing. I used to watch a little bit of DW when I was younger and I'm now getting back into it. So this is a great podcast for me. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Earlier this year, I found an absolutely adorable drawing of the Eleven Doctors, but as cats, and I knew I had to buy it, a photo of it is attached. Also, if I'm allowed, you are. I've proofread this. I have, I have deemed it appropriate. Um, <laughs> there, there is there is another feminist film review podcast that I feel obligated to promote. Uh, the Kill James Bond podcast rates the various movies on the scum spectrum, which stands for smarm, cultural insens- insensitivity, unprovoked violence, and misogyny. Uh, it's hosted by three trans people with very similar politics for most of the listeners of this show. Now, I have heard of the Kill James Bond podcast. I have I know of... Uh, I believe it's. I believe one of the hosts is Abigail Thorne, right? Um, for like Philosophy Tube. So, I don't know who the other hosts are, um, but I believe that Dan was doing live research. I am. I'm looking, <laughs> and I'm about to save an episode to listen to. I'm just looking at all the stuff. So they've got. They've, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Thank you for the recommendation. I am absolutely going to be listening to an episode of it. Download Save an episode, so good recommendation. I have a really odd love-hate relationship with the James Bond franchise because I kind of was raised watching them, but also they're awful, but also, you know, nostalgia is a powerful tool. Well worth analysing, but, you know, it's something that I would like to do in future. Um, So, you know, I have not yet listened to it because I'm saving it maybe for a future project that I'd like to do. Patreon.com forward slash coming up on podcast. Um, But... (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's really weird when you have like uh, you must have things that you have like a weird love hate relationship with. I mean, it's like like Harry Potter or stuff, right? Where it's like you know, yeah, up watching yeah, yeah. it, love it, but like also half the movies are dog shit, and like J.K. Rowling can fucking die and get in the sea. So like you know, <laughs> yeah, it's sort yeah, of like, like you know makes yeah. it difficult that it you know it's like so I'll go back and I'll go oh you know God no I like this James Bond movie and then you know, I'll go oh look at this this action's fun and then you know you'll just start assaulting someone you'll go oh. God, I hate this. Yeah, um, literally. No, but yeah, no, exactly. No, we all yeah. have that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the importance of media critique and analysis is if there's something that you enjoyed in your past and it is still inherently problematic, you are still more than welcome to enjoy it. But as long as you're able to analyze it critically and think about all of the negative impacts it has, then you're fine because you're exactly. then not perpetuating that negative attitude. That's what's important. Exactly. Agreed. Thank you so much for the great pod and best of luck in the future. Oh, and please forgive me for my advertisement. Yeah, that's right. No free advertising on this show. Get out of here. That's from <laughs> Trevor B. He, they. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. And our final email right from the bottom of my bag goes as follows. Hi, Elliot Damler. Hey. I hope you're both doing well. Smiley face. 
I recently discovered your podcast on what TikTok? Oh, I've been binging it whilst I get uni work done, and it's really helping me get through it. You poor soul. I'm going through do- <laughs> through another Doctor Who hyperfixation, as I do every year. Not many of my friends are into it, except my one tortured obsessed bestie who's been trying to get me to watch that for a while. We share lots of very long Doctor Who rambles, just like you two do. Well, you see, get your friend into the show, and then you know you can get them into watching normal Doctor Who, so they can listen to the episodes. Then you can listen to our Torchwood episodes, and you know that way, best friends for life. Exactly. The podcast is such a great outlet to hear opinions on the show, especially since you share most of the same opions I have, except your enjoyment of love and monsters. I'm sorry. We can't oh, be friends dear. with you. Despite how camp it is, the line we even have a bit of a love life still haunts me to this day. It's, it's a good line. It's funny. Not as not as funny as Elton Fetcher Spade, but you know, it's good. Um <laughs> You're just a hater. What can I say? I'm rewatching New Who again as I make my way through the episodes. I find myself thinking, I wonder what Elliot and Dan will have to say about this one. I'm currently on season seven, so the answer to that is you'll probably say Moffat. Shakespeare. Yeah. I'm very yeah. excited for when you eventually get to the Matt Smith era. Eleven is my all time favourite doctor and comfort character, but I absolutely despise Moffat's writing. It's complicated. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that. PSA, it's so lovely to hear fellow Clara fans. She is my girly and gets too much hate. Such a fun companion that absolutely serves in every scene she's in. My opinion is probably influenced by the fact that I have a massive crush on Jenna Coleman, but we'll ignore that. I mean... Me. Again, Me. Saying you're on series <laughs> seven, we've, we've made no bones about the fact that Series 7B is our favourite Moffat 11 series. Um. Yeah, do you know what? I forgot to... Elliot, I forgot to me- uh, message you this, so I'm going to say on the podcast for everyone to listen to as well. I was just scrolling through TikTok, as I always do, and um, I saw an Eleven and Clara fan edit come up. And literally, I finished watching the edit because I watched every second of it, because of course I am. And I just thought, we are going to be absolutely horrific to listen to when we do the whole of Series 7B, because my God, we are nothing if not Eleven and Clara obsessed. Yeah, Clara and 12, yeah, but I can ship Clara and 11 till the cows come home. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah. Again, wishing you all the best. Jake. He, him. Hey, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Good luck with your uni work, whatever degree it is you're doing. I'm sure you will be ace. Groovy, you're right. I'll back away from Three Mile Corner. Bye. 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 We're back. Okay, God. We need to dust that corner because it's getting really nasty in there. Like, (laughs) I I know. I keep, I keep, I keep telling him, but it's just because, like, you know, straight cis people can't do housework. Because you're of course, of course, you're talking about your cisgender doppelganger who reads out the three mouths. Yes, exactly. And you know, he may seem like he you know has the the fun, the fun, buoyant, vibrant personality of me, but he isn't. Because, dear listener, I would never say sack. (laughs) <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, uh, always always rely on me to uh, spoil the atmos <laughs> roll credits <laughs> oh my god that was brilliant <laughs> but before we dive into the episode just want to give another plug-in because elliot has given like what three already unplanned ones we're going to give our official plug-in right here patreon is a thing that we have if you want to support the two of us to help us make this show, you know, more of a regular thing in your ears and also, you know, supporting two queer creatives, please check us out in the show notes, patreon.com 
forward slash come along pom podcast please check that out we have many tiers now where you know you can unlock loads of fun iconic things you know stuff like ad free listening ah you know cute shit like that so feel free to check that out but also remember if you aren't able to give per month absolutely fine we also have a kofi a kofi page where you can you know donate us a small amount one off payment but also do remember you listening to this episode is also support so if you can't give anything we totally understand but yeah if you're able to we'd love for you to check that out as you may have been able to have gathered from our witty bonmos and fun little momos up top. Today we are talking about, ooh, episode four of Reboot Doctor Who. It was broadcast on the 26th of April 2008. It's directed by Douglas McKinnon. It was written by Helen Rayner. And it's called The Sontaran Stratagem. And boy, <laughs> is it... Yeah, have they got a strategy? Who knows? Maybe. <sighs> Let's find out. Do they know things? What do they know? Who knows? Damla, speaking of who knows things, what do you think the episode's about? Oh, we're not even just going to have it. We're not even going to have an anecdote. We're just going into it because we're that well, done with because, this. I love no, it. No, no, because the, co- the comedy gets stale. You know, people are used to hearing me go on these really long diatribes, but now I just want to know. What do you think the episode's about? I'm going to try to do it, try to do it at record speed instead of long. I'm just stretching it out. I'm now going to try and do it as quickly as possible. Don't know. What do you think the episode is No, the episode is about, in my humble opinion, um, mm. I think Kyle from Ladybird, the movie Ladybird, may have had a point about technology. And if you haven't watched the film Ladybird, directed by Greta Gerwig, the mother of cinema, then I don't really know what you're doing here. So. Go and educate yourselves, you swines. I don't know what any of that means, but yeah, groovy. No, I mean, I've you seen do, the movie, right. but not I don't. Timothy... I've not seen it since it came out. No, listen, Timothy Chalamet's character, who's annoying as hell, where he's like, You shouldn't have a mobile phone. Technology's bad, man. It's very anarchist that you don't have a mobile. It's very anarchist. That guy. Yeah. Which is funny because that is just what Timothy Chalamet's like in real life, I imagine. No, it is. No, it absolutely is. That is my headcanon. He absolutely is. It's like the two things I remember about watching that movie in the cinema was not really know well no the three things not really knowing anything about it, uh, bawling like a little girl at the end, and also uh, laughing every time Timothy Chalamet would just go yeah tight man tight yeah um, <laughs> oh man that's hella tight um, but yeah right. go watch that movie go watch that movie but what do you think it's about watch Francis Ha um, me um. I think it's it's an important lesson that whether they're up on legs and walking around or with some beans and some cheese, you should never, ever, ever like baked potatoes. They are foul and food of the devil. Thank you. I completely disagree with you. A jacket potato is like one of my many loves in this world. I'm sorry. Evil. They will right. try and poison your planet. They will, but also so tasty with some butter in there, a little bit of baked beans, some mature cheddar grated on top. Gorgeous. 
Gorgeous. But maybe also, but maybe also, if you're going to reboot an iconic character, have some fucking vision for them. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Okay, let's just get it out of the way. Because I don't like wasting people's time. Like, you've listened about <laughs> what? Fuck it, I was going to say they, <laughs> they would have tuned out of this by now. Um. No, like, like 20 minutes you've listened. We've got some listening, so it's all good. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. Hello, whoever's this... still there. Oh, no, May. You'll, you'll still be there. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> I love around. May so much. May, we love you so much. If if you don't know who May is, come along, May, on Instagram. Fan edit queen. We love you so much. Um, and I'm going to keep that in. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, keep it in. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I love May. Um, honestly, genuinely love you. So anyway, this two-parter is there. <laughs> it exists. It's, it is two two episodes of Doctor Who formatted in forty five minute segments. This is the first time, and this isn't actually me trying to say that I hate this two parts because I don't. But this is the first time where I was like, I would, I actually think it would be beneficial if our format was talking about the two parters in one episode. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Try to condense it down. What happens? Um... What happens? <laughs> <laughs> there is there is so much odd filler around <laughs> just a very standard Sontaran invasion story, and like I love right, I love my little boys, right? Yeah, they're just they're yeah. they're sweet little gentlemen, and distinguished. Love, they are. They <laughs> look at them, unique. Um, and <laughs> I like some classic series Sontaran stories. Um, I like. You know, I like War of the Sontarans because I like it. Even though they're goofy looking, you got to take them a bit seriously. You kind of um, do, yeah. And I just—it's just why are they blue? And because the I like the updated armor actually. I do like the updated armor, but like, why is everything purple? Why are they blue? I mean, they don't lean as much into the comedy as Moffat, but I just I think. Just fucking do something with them. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. Yeah, just get on with it. Anyway, the two the two parts fine broadly. It's it's enjoyable. I don't I don't actually hate it, but you know, it more perplexes me than anything. Anyway, that's the show this week. Fucking join us. <laughs> join us next time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, okay. I want to speak to you about the Sontarans, though. Genuine. I, I, let's do it yeah. here. Let's do it up top. Let's do it right here, right now. Okay. So you have obviously I also have because i uh you know google images exists but you have more context for you know so the sontarans are a, are a classic who creature as well they have been there they, they've been a part of doctor who for years i obviously haven't watched all of classic who yet because i'm what a fake fan um first first appeared in john pertwee's last season in the time warrior so that's 1974 it's the first appearance of a sontaran i want to ask you because mm-hmm. we may do episodes in the future where we do like creature specific episodes, so I don't want to ruin that. I want to save it. But what would you say about this design for this era of Sontarans? Because this design stays until Jodie's era. Mm. What are you saying? I think, I think the design is really accomplished. I think that. The the first the first Sontaran in the very first Sontaran story is really good, and then like all the makeup for all the other Sontarans gets really cheap. Um, yeah, 
throughout the classic series. And this is like a really good modern update. I think someone pointed out, and I can't remember who it was on Twitter. Um, I think it might have been... Uh, might have been Jess. I have no context for their full name, but I know who I'm talking about. Um, and I, uh, she was saying like a lot of the... What a lot of the Davies era practical effects get right that some of the Moffat stuff and the Chibnall stuff and certainly a lot of the classic stuff misses is they make a lot of things goopy. They make a lot of things slimy. I think people were saying about Ood, right? They're like glistening, like sweat, and they look soppy, but like they look drier in later stuff. And I feel like that kind of happens with the Sontarans. Like in this, they are they are sweaty, slimy little creatures with like bits of hair and they they feel more real. But I like I love War of the Sontarans. I really like that design. I like their outfits, but like the look of them with their helmet off, they look more like classic Sontarans, but they don't feel as living as these ones. They feel more like men in makeup because the design is not as pulled together in my mind. So um, what you're saying to me is that the Sontarans need to get a bit of hyaluronic acid in their lives. That's what you're saying. I'm just just saying, take them out the blue armour. Take them out the, the neon blue armour. Put them in like put them in the same armor, but black with like silver accents, like you know, black a black suit with like a silver belt and a silver helmet, and just make them a bit more serious. And I mean, this would be a slightly better episode. I think it's just I don't know what it was. I don't think it's like fear that no one would take them seriously. I don't know, but like sometimes really cool. They've got a really cool legacy. You know, time war is cool. Like the Doctor defeats. Um, is it Lynx, I think? I think it's Commander Lynx. The Doctor defeats him by doing like a judo match with him. It's just fun. Um, you, you know, like, I just, I don't really get it. Uh, of course, also, I'd be remiss not to mention that uh, in the horror of Fang Rock, we also meet a Rutan, which is the race that the Sontarans are sort of locked in an endless war with. I think whoever did the special effects makeup on them honestly deserves a raise because, I mean, they probably don't work on the show anymore, but whatever. They're, they're very good. Um, because when is it Commander Scott? Oh, God. There's, there's God. Stahl, isn't it? Stahl? Stahl, Stahl is yes. like the... Yeah, the main guy, the main man. Uh, mm. When he takes his helmet off the first time, and like you said, they're almost glistening, and you can see the texture in their skin. It looks really real and really good. Um, it's nasty, but it looks good. Do you know what I mean? Like, ew. Yeah, to to the point where Catherine Tate thought they were just like really accomplished puppets. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Rather than rather than people, because they look so alien. They're just this thing. So y y you love your little boys. For me personally, I'm going to say something that's probably a bit controversial. I'm going to say it now. I want to get it out of the way now, so we all know the context when I bring it up again in the future. Sometimes for me, are are there. But I don't blame you because your context for Sontarans is so different for my context from Sontarans. Exactly. So, so when I watch Classic Who, it may differ. Uh, probably will differ. And I can't wait to get into that. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Now, they still have some crap stories in Classic Who. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. But like, they're, they're still in some shits, but like, you know, their first two appearances are good at least. But like, as of my context now, as of Damla 2023 context... Right now, I in every episode I've seen them in, including Sarah Jane Adventures, can I just say because, yeah. You know. What about uh, what what are your th thoughts on War of War War of the Sontarans? Well, no, this is I'm including everything. Yeah. Um, every time they've appeared in New Who, they're there, and it's been fine. I don't have any specific passion for them. Strax, I can handle in doses. 
Yeah, I mean, he just kind of gets removed enough from what a Sontaran is that it doesn't really mean anything anymore. Exactly. Um, like, he's great. I love Dan Starkey. Uh, I love that man. But, you know, I just, I don't know what it is. They don't speak to me. They don't speak to mm. me. A lot of the Strax stuff, I will say, I feel like when I'm not in the era, I go, ugh, roll my eyes at it. And then when we're in the era, a lot of the comedy works for me because we're just kind of... yeah. You just kind of vibe into it after a while, you know? Like Agreed. when people post the clip of like Strax on the newspaper at like Clara's face. That so funny. Does not make me laugh until I'm watching that episode and yeah. I'm in that context and then it does get a chuckle out of me. Um It's the way it's the way why. Jenna Coleman just flails to the floor. It always gets me. It's very <laughs> funny. Um but yeah, I yeah, Santarans are, are complicated and interesting and so is this whole episode. Um it's not about Sontarans, it's about killer cars and a boy genius and Sontarans. Like they're just they're the background fodder for a plot involving a very whiny American boy. Can um, we talk about him for a sec? Can we actually talk about um I hate him. I hate him. Well no, here's the thing. So I have really complicated feelings. Is it is it Luke Rattigan? Is that his name? Yeah, I just kill I called him Rattigan because I couldn't even bother to learn his first name. I'm gonna talk about Ryan Sampson who plays Luke for a second. So forget the character for two seconds. I think Ryan Samson is one of the best actors they've ever gotten on the show. Luke is a whiny little bitch, and I can't, I just can't. But I think he's a great character in addition to this, I will say, and I'll elaborate in a minute. I will go into heavy detail. Um, but Ryan Sampson is phenomenal in this two-parter. He is one of the best parts of it for me. I think, I think, yeah, like that. That character is so almost one note and and so whiny that I feel like with another actor, like the fact that I don't hate that character, I just mildly am perturbed by him. Is probably test is testament to the actor's skills because, you know, I feel like with a lot of other actors that would just be a completely like oh my god role, um, but no, he does he does well to be fair. See, I don't find him very one note personally. I do, I think he. So first of all, he he's an amazing actor anyway. I've seen him in many different things like Brassic, things like that, and he's great. Um his accent in this, I am not American, as I'm sure you've gathered by my voice. That he does one of the best American accents from a British person I've ever heard. Ever. I, mean, I was going to say his American accent is 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 quite accomplished to be fair. Um this yeah. is speaking from someone who's again currently making their way through the Sixth Doctor era, we got a lot of Nicola Bryant as Perry going on and you know that is not an accomplished accent, so I'll take it where I can get yeah. it, frankly. Like, he is amazing. But then also, I just think... I think it's more relevant in the second part, so I'm going to save it for now. In the first part, he is extremely one-note. He gets a bit more in the second yes. part. Yes. Yeah. In fact, do you know what? I'm going to wrap it up there, because I have a lot to say in the next part about him. But I just want it to be known that I think Ryan Sampson is incredible in this two-parter incredible ryan sampson good actor yeah love him but we're gonna save it save it but can i also talk about another character more of a side character that i want to shine a light on and i want to get it out of the way now because he's gonna come Depends up if i can bloody get a bloody word in edgeways but yes go on um <laughs> no what do you want to say what do you want to say no no no, it's fine go on because my all my all my notes are linear so go on okay Mine aren't. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Ross. Can I talk about Ross? Uh, if we have to. What do you mean if we have to? Captain Twink? 
I don't want to think about what happens to him. Yeah, but that's in the next part. That's why we don't want to talk about that now. We're just in the happy True. in the happy bit. We're in the happy bit where I get to at least for a bit pretend that him and Ten are in a loving, stable relationship. Yeah. That bit in the Jeep is very lovely. I'm going to say this now. Ross, Captain Ross, uh, the, I remember the day this episode came out. From that day, I at least think about him twice a year. I'm just like, <laughs> what an attractive, attractive man. Uh, it's, 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 it's really pleasing for the eyes and the ears and everything. It's just, I love him so much. I love him so much. And I love that they've actually made him and Ten have this really cute little relationship. I think it's adorable. And it's everything. It's a, I love yeah. it. Giggling like schoolgirls away in their jeep as they make jokes. It's very, it's fucking gay, fucking gay, bro. It's but fucking like, gay. In the and best it, way possible. <laughs> Ten is like literally like laughing and kicking his feet. What do you mean? It's like Russell speaking. He's like, oh my god! It's like, yeah. all right. Ten fancies him so much, and that's canon. That's on canon. Yeah. Oh yeah. None of this is made up in my head. This is all true. But yeah, Captain Twink is my favorite character. Yeah. Fair, honestly. Love him. But now yeah. you go. You, you, your turn. Oh, I don't have anything fun to say. I've just got boring observations made drolly about an episode of the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, ignore me, everybody. Um, do we or do we not feel like... Here we are. Uh, conjecture moment. Do we or do we not feel like uh, towards the opening of the episode when Donna is piloting the TARDIS um, and... The Doctor is helping by hitting it with a hammer and pushing other buttons. It feels like a, a slight lead-in to what happens in Journey's End. With it. I know you see him running around the TARDIS a lot, pushing buttons, but like the fact that she's piloting it, but he's still got to lean over and hit things. I just watched that and I was like, oh, it's made for, made for multiple people. Yeah, it also... Makes me think, like, you know, she is capable, and there is a reason. Yeah, the... and sets, sets up the hammer later on. Exactly. And I also, actually, for the next part, I have uh, some foreshadowing I would like to discuss, but that's what I'll say uh, on that. But I love, and we will say it every episode, I think, it's just, again, Catherine and David, it's magic. It's, it's beautiful to watch. It's always the best part of the episode. Of every episode. And we also get my favourite part of the episode in the form of Martha Jones. She's back, baby. My girl is back. My favourite companion is in this. And she's going to be in the next few episodes. Thank God. I love her so much. And the other thing I love that I want to talk to you about and ask you about, Elliot. You, right there. My my co-host. Donna and Martha are everything to me. Their friendship is everything to me. Everything. It's everything that I want in this life. I love them so much. Oh, yeah, because I mean, Donna just doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like, she just, she's just like, you know, she doesn't care about the the dramas and the, the love triangles and the squabbling. She's just, she's happy to be there, isn't she? And it's really nice. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And any time that, you know, Martha's always like, don't I come with me? I was like, oh, look at them. They're working together. Yeah, who's he? Who's that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially because Donna, later on, slightly later on, finds... I mean, she like, saves the day again by making people work out that strange things are happening at the factory because she's a super temp. Um, and that moment is so nice. I just love I love it when Donna does things because she's very Donna, capable. This is the thing, though, with Donna, and again, it's why Russell is father. Um, <laughs> Donna feels like one of the most real companions in the show, full stop. Yeah. Because she's the more relatable kind of character where it's like, you know, she doesn't, before she started traveling with the doctor again, she wasn't completely, she knew what she wanted to do and that was travel, but she was feeling lost. And, you know, like most of us, you know, not everyone is, you know, a student doctor with more of like a passion in that field or a teacher or, you know, Whatever, yeah. like you want to be a model, that's your career, you know, like other companions. It's, I'm not making a very good point, I'm not saying it very well, but do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, Donna just feels like the most, just the most realistic. Like, she always doubts herself. And I, I know nearly everyone in my life and myself, we always, you know, you always doubt yourself, but then you always know that you are capable at the end of it. Well, I like to think you are, because you are, whoever is listening now, you are. Um, and that's why I love when Donna has these moments where she's like, well, no, I was a temp. Not that I wanted to be one, but I've I've been a temp for years, and I can use that skill to my advantage. Why is no one taking a sick day? So that's really badly worded. I feel like, but do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it doesn't have to be what you want to do for the rest of your life, but you know, it's like she's not just because she's not done the things that she wants to do in her life doesn't mean that she's stupid or useless. She is strong, smart, intelligent, beautiful. Exactly, woman. exactly, and you know. Similarly with Martha, I think, even though I don't relate, as much as Martha is my favourite companion, I don't fully relate to her in the sense of career-wise, because I'm not, not, I'm not that bloody incredible. I mean, Jesus, listen, right. Obviously, Martha keeps getting added about the fact that she works for UNIT, right? But in my opinion, it is the most realistic career progression for her, because she has completely she's the most capable person in that room more than anyone look uh, you know series three finale i'm looking at you but then also what i really love is again when you know things are like being tied together especially with torchwood when uh if you haven't seen torchwood uh the listeners at home basically in one of the episodes when martha comes back in torchwood uh jack and martha are chatting and 
Jack's asking how Martha got into unit and she's like, you know, I got a recommendation. And, you know, and then Jack's like, do you think he recommended you? And then the doctor, and she's like, yeah, who else could it be? And we find out it is the doctor. The doctor did recommend Martha for a job at unit. Like, let's not forget that. But also just like, if you've been travelling with the doctor, right, you know, there's very few things on earth that you can do that is related to your sudden newfound field of expertise. I mean, you have a taste of the good life and aliens and things like that. You want to work for the only thing you can do that gets you in contact with aliens still. This may come up again later, this kind of topic of discussion, but I just feel like something that isn't brought up enough is... So let's take Rose, for example, right? Rose had, as we know, she was an ordinary girl working in a shop, didn't really know what to do with herself. That's why she's also one of the more relatable companions that we've had on the show. And she goes and travels with the doctor and then she, without, not her choice, not her wanting to, but she, you know, gets stripped away from the doctor. She is stuck in a parallel universe. You you go from this high, you're riding this high and then you're brought back down to earth, literally. And you just, you can't go back to what you had before. So Rose, you know, takes it upon herself. She joins her dad's corporation and she helps with everything that happens in the end of the series. And... I think people forget that. Like, you can't just go from that life to nothing. You, you're traveling worlds. You're going to the past. You're going to the future. You're going to all these amazing planets. You're seeing these incredible things, sometimes not always incredible, but, you know, you're just seeing life in the most fulfilling and amazing way possible. And then you're brought back down to reality, as it were, you know, the mundane every day. You can't just go back to that. So Martha being the smart woman that she is made herself useful and used her skills and did something that she is very good at and that's you know helping unit out it makes sense yeah what does what does rose say what am i meant to do wake up go to work come home eat chips go to bed i fucking love that scene sorry i sometimes think about that scene in isolation so much i love it so much gone proper market this place do little tubs of coleslaw now it's not very nice this is um, our parting of the Rose episode. If you want to know more thoughts on that, anyway. Um. <laughs> so, I want to I want to divert for a, a second to please do please do talk about something that that struck me watching this. Um, something I think sometimes that brings me uh, a little bit of pain sometimes when I watch Doctor Who um, is just to realise how how little progress and how little political conversations have moved on in this country just ever yeah like yeah this is 2008 so this is now 15 years ago we are now still debating about carbon emissions and this episode is obviously very obviously about carbon emitting cars right yeah it's the imagery is not very subtle we are still talking about carbon emitting cars and we're still trying to to build infrastructure to to house electric vehicles. Um, and I was then thinking about how, when I was finishing off watching the John Pertwee year at the, at the start of the year, and I watched The Green Death, and, like, there are people in 1973 talking about carbon emissions and, like, the need for a sort of vegan diet to offset yeah. carbon emissions and to stop the death of the planet. And that was 50 years ago. And yeah. We have not moved on at all in this country. <laughs> I mean, globally either. Like, okay, we've got electric cars. But... Yeah, but not with any 
real way of implementing them. You know, there's no there's no electric car infrastructure. There's no adoption of any kind of green policy. You know, you can't build turbines anywhere because people get upset because they look ugly. You can't put solar panels anywhere because people get upset because they look ugly. And we're just choking ourselves to death. Um, it's and mad. it's just when it you watch mad. things like this and you just go, you know, like, this is not very subtle imagery for 2008. And we literally, the context has not moved on, you know. Like, the fact that in 1973, there was an episode about the need for protecting the planet. And in, you know, 2020, we got, you know, a Jodie Whittaker episode about the need to, like, protect the environment and the planet. Like, we shouldn't have to still be making episodes about that because we should all have a sort of slight agreement on it now. It is actually mad that you bring that up because it is so true. It's so true. But we don't. Because we suck. Oh, God. How depressing. Hey, everyone, you think watching Doctor Who is an escape? No, it just brings you back to reality. And it's awful. But it's true. You are, you make a point. Stories are lying, murdering bastards. Not my words, the words of Rusty Davis, probably. I'm paraphrasing. No, it's, it is... It's very depressing. But I do think, you know, we, we've had episodes like this before where it's like this specific bit of technology or this thing that we have that is creating an issue. Obviously, other episodes have been done better, in my opinion. Like, you know, Rise of Cybermen, Age of Steel, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Just pulling out of the sky. I don't know. Um, You know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Magpie. Yeah, it's... I just... I This episode... I struggle. I just struggle. The biggest one that I can't buy is the Doctor not being able to piece the Sontaran's plan together. It's insane, isn't it? Because it's not really a complex plan, is it? Once he knows they're cloning people, you should probably be able to go like, oh, it's probably clone feed. But this is the thing, though. Do you know what's <laughs> mad? And this is probably me being an idiot. So before you start messaging in, I know. I'm aware. Um, I didn't... No, I'm about to out myself. I'm actually about to out myself. I didn't realize the actual plot of the Sontaran's plan properly until watching it today because it's mentioned like for a second and you're like oh okay yeah i mean it's I mean, not it's not really dwelt upon is it to be honest no no it's mad I mean, no that's fair enough speaking of clones though i want to talk about something that's haunted me since i was a child and again i've said this before on the podcast i'm scared of there's like a list of things and uh, someone should keep uh, t- keep a tally of all the things that i used to have to skip when i was a child you know, um, add the clones in the green gunk to that list because I will never forget the first time watching this episode when that white faceless clone thing came out of the green gunk, has no eyes and it's just sitting there looking nasty and then it just goes back into the green gunk and it's just, it's haunting, it's chilling, it's eerie. It's so good. It looks great. With like, you know, the umbilical cord on the back of its neck. Oh! disgusting i don't like it i don't like it (laughs) clones are creepy man clones are creepy the idea that you know there are things that just look like you it's it's weird Um, yeah and especially with martha you know cloning martha i will say this that was a good that was a fun little moment that had me gagged i was like oh oh yeah it's just a shame isn't it that freema spends most of the episodes even though she's in them not being martha Martha Jones, like I know, I mean, you know, fair play to her. She's obviously good at, at playing a sort of more evil version of herself. But I, mm, it's a shame that we're not getting proper Martha. Yeah, 
she does she does play you know kind of like it it, it kind of reminded me of Jenna Coleman's performance in the uh, Zygon two parter in series nine. I forget the names because I'm a fake fan. It's the Zygon invasion, the Zygon inversion. But no, it reminds me of that performance from Jenna Coleman where she kind of acts, uh, you know, I don't know what the word is. I was going to say slay, but I keep saying that word and I need to stop being annoying. Um, You know, just acting very like, I've got a plan and you don't know what it is, except I'm being really obvious. It's that kind of vibe. But yeah, um, like, yeah, like all the times in this, where, or especially in part two, where the doctor's going to do something, Martha's kind of like looking over her shoulder. Like, am I being yeah. too? No, I think I'm, I think I'm being subtle enough. But I'm just going to stare, side eye, side eye. Um, yeah, and I'm going to go. Oh, I have a family. Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah, bloody mm, yeah, I love my family. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, speaking guys. of family, let's t- let's discuss uh, how Wilf never fails to make me fucking sob. I don't know why. Maybe because they're incredible actors, the pair of them. But when Donna comes back home to check on her mum and you know granddad, when she sees Wilf. And she starts to like cry and he's just like getting emotional and they run to each other and hug. I cried. I actually thinking about it makes me cry now. It actually choked me up really badly. Like, I don't know why, oh, but it really did. I don't know. I don't know why. Weirdly, like that scene was nice. It's a, it's a nice scene. It made me a little like, oh. but the one that the one that gets me is when he meets the, the doctor again. Yeah, that's a really fun one. That is especially because I. But it, I don't know. There's something about I was just saying about what the way that David and, and Bernard share scenes together that it just makes me go, oh, like you know. And I I do love that gag as well. That obviously, everybody in Donna's family knows the Doctor, but for different reasons. Exactly, it's very fun. Um, I, I just want to clarify though, real quick. When I say hmm. all the scenes with Wilf make me cry, it it isn't just because Bernard has now passed away. That isn't actually the reason. Before he passed. No. The, these scenes also made me cry, like you know. Yeah, Dana uh, has mentioned it before, but she's a sucker for an old man. Yeah, like I don't know what man. it is, and obviously a lot of old men, uh, especially in the UK, aren't actually very nice. But because they all look so old and weak, and just sorry, that's really just Sorry, no, but you know what I mean. Like they just look really sweet, and it just makes me cry. But well, that's also maybe because I've lost both my granddads. <laughs> Trauma o'clock. Hello, how are we doing? Um, but uh... but no, it's just any time Wilf comes up in Doctor Who, he just makes me cry because he's adorable. He's just I just want to give him a little squirt. So cute. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but especially at the end when Wilf is stuck in the car and he's choking, and it's like. Oh, I hate this so much. Like, I know that in the next part he's fine. Oh, spoilers. But I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. But, yeah, like, when Donna sees him again and they just run up to each other. The love that Donna and Wilf have for each other is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's very... Especially because it's nice having that relatable idea of having, like, a comfort family member. Yeah. Where, like, you know, her mum is really overbearing and critical and probably makes Donna not feel very good about herself. But the fact she's got she's got Gramps and he's just nice and he'll always be nice to her. He like, is her biggest hype man. You know, feels a lot of, you know, feels like, 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 my, like you know, people's relationship with their, with their nans and stuff like that, you know, like, I was saying, quite like I sort of never necessarily needed that other person. But I know lots of people even in my own personal life who don't get on 
with their parents or their parents make them feel a certain way and they like seek comfort in their grandparents which is really nice and it's a nice bit of familial representation to have on screen yeah no i agree um it's just they're, they're just lovely and he's always in her corner he's always backing her up and it's it's beautiful because Wilf is the biggest hype man. Wilf is the biggest hype man for everyone. Like even the doctor, like, you know, and he's so positive and wonderful. And I love him very dearly. I really do. But yeah, there's lots of things. There's lots of things that I I, I can just sort of breeze over really quickly that I enjoy and feel mixed on about Sontarans in this. Um, because I love, I, I love that they are really, really just sort of pissy about not being allowed to be in the Time War. Yeah, that was funny. I like that. Like, it just feels so so in keeping with their characters, just to be like, it's the greatest war of all time, and we weren't allowed to be in it. Um, always gets a, a good chuckle out of me. Um, and something that brought a lot of joy to my stupid face, um, and I never really realised it before, is that the way the Sontaran ship is designed, with the kind of pods in the middle of it, or yeah, is it they're like sort of that. designed, like, modern, updated versions of, like, because in in the in the original series, at least in the only two instances I can think of when you see a Sontaran ship, and that's because I've not seen every single Sontaran story yet. I've only got one more to go. Um, but in the instances where you see a Sontaran ship, it's just like they're like big metal golf balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look they look like they look like the Epcot Center. They do um, <laughs> look like the Epcot Center. You're so right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, those 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 balls. In in this one, it, uh, surrounded by that ship, are clearly meant to be like updated versions of those. So like, yeah. they've got a mothership, and then they pilot the individual little balls out of the thing, and that's how they land. And I like that. It's nice. Give some context. They don't just fly around in these little silver balls. Yeah. They like have a reason for things. Yeah. I like it. I also want to say though, the inside their ship, it's a little sparse. Little bit ship. It's not a good ship. It's not a good ship design, is it? It's just a room bathed in purple. Like think about the, some of the ship interiors we've had. Got the Sycorax ship, which is all rocks, and there's like basically a parliament of Sycorax looking at everybody. Got the Dalek ships, you know, which sometimes they can look a bit barren over in the backgrounds, but you've got like all of the weird honeycombing designs, and you have, I mean, that Dalek noise that everybody loves that just repeated that womp, womp, yeah, womp, yeah, like. It's cool. They feel atmospheric. This is just, it's just a room, isn't it? It's just a room that's purple, to be really honest. Yeah. And I don't care. Just for it. a room that's purple. Yeah. 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 It's very odd. I also think as well. I so uh, uh, looping back to the companions, briefly. I I think it's it's really interesting because um, you have you have Rose whose family get like involved in all the TARDIS drama pretty early on. Like, you know, you have that brief episode where Jackie thinks that she's dead. But then it's like, they get pretty involved, right? Mickey and Jackie, and then Pete, obviously later on, are very involved in being, like, sort of active TARDIS team members. They're quite open about the Doctor. He's around there for Christmas dinner, all that stuff. Um, then you get, like, Martha keeping it a secret, and obviously rips her family apart. And I like that Donna's kind of gets to be the happy medium of, like... Yeah, absolutely. She keeps it a secret from people who it needs to be kept a secret from, but she also kind of realizes that you need to be like grounded because she's seen some really terrible things, and you need that grounding back in 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 the real world to just 
stay a normal person because otherwise you become numb to things. It's just so like, sad, so sad when she gets her mind wiped because she's so, you know, she's seen so much. But I like that. She feels like, she really feels like the happy medium companion. Um, I agree with that. I've never saw it like that before, but now you've said it, I absolutely agree. And of course, you know, her best scene in the whole episode is when she's saying goodbye to the Doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get like a proper companion goodbye speech from Ten. He's really playing his part up and it's just... She's just you visiting home. Dumbo. <laughs> I just like, cause he, it is really... You know, I know he's only said goodbye to two companions, but it is really like... It is, they are really playing his part up of being like, oh, I was going to take you to all these places, to all these wonderful things. You know, which is what he says every time someone leaves. Yeah. It's like, oh, you just How about you do it? Just <laughs> yeah, do don't, it. Yeah, just do it, yeah. Just go, oh, I was going to show you Come all these wonderful on. things. We'll just show them the wonderful things. God. Um, God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, 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 last, the last note I have for we, we can get get to yours. Look, there's there's the, uh, the Ratigan, whose name I refuse to learn. What was it? Yeah. Luke. 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 He... he Reminds me because he has that little has that little speech where he's a little pedant about how you can't say Atmos system because the S in Atmos stands for system anyway. Reminds me of those really tiresome people and a word that I would use, but damn, I can't be bothered to blur out anymore. Um, <laughs> those really boring people who get really uppity on the high horses about how you can't say DC Comics because DC stands for Detective Comics. You can't you can't call it Detective Comics Comics. Yo, know, you know what? It's called DC Comics. Get over yourself. I don't care. Go away. Yeah. Boring. Boring conversation. Boring. It's been a long time since someone said no to you, isn't it? Bog off. Boring. Oh. Oh, oh that was a throwback. <laughs> agreed, though. Agreed. It is, it is irritating. Stop correcting me. Go away. About anything. Go away. Um, unless I'm actually in the wrong. But anyway, we move on. Last point I want to make before we go into the wrap-up is... I really, really enjoy when Donna asks for a salute. She's like, you know, I'll have a salute. She says, Donna, Donna Noble, by the way, since she didn't ask, I'll have a salute. And then he does proper, yeah, his mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She is a mom. I feel like she is definitely a mom. Mother. I mean, she is, she's, she is, she's, she's the doctor's companion. She deserves as much respect as the doctor. There's also lots of stuff I would say about Unit if I cared more about Unit. Because they even touch on the Unit dating controversy because he says it was the 70s or the 80s. But I don't know enough about the Unit dating controversy to even really get into it. But I like that he's still on the books as an employee. That's fun. That was really fun. I did like that. But apart from that, what else is there to say? I mean, to we've be done... Really blunt about it. We've done the episode as much justice as we can, which is... Talk about it in broad strokes. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah, like yeah. oh man, we got two of these fuckers. So, so we are now at the wrap up. Thank God, where we talk about our stand up moment, what didn't work, our most doctory moment. And our favourite quote, as always, Elliot, going to you. Standout moment from the Sontaran Stratagem. Oh. 
Honestly, this was like weirdly hard to do because when I got to the end of it, I was like, there's nothing that necessarily stood out to me, but there's also nothing that like really didn't work. It's all just like a big grey bowl of porridge. Um, <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, yes. Yeah. Mmm, flavourless oats. However, <laughs> I would probably say... Um, uh. Yeah. As 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 cringe as one aspect of it is, I do like I like a I like a a first part of an episode that builds into something, and that sort of cross cutting of the chanting of Sontaha, um, with the people choking, especially Wilf in the car, it was just like a nice building of suspense that makes you excited for part two, and I yeah. like I like a I like a cliffhanger build up in in a in a in a Russell era Doctor Who episode, you know. Army of Ghosts, the build-up to that cliffhanger is amazing, you know. I love cliffhanger build-ups. Um, when the music's going and there's... Oh. So, I liked that. Not quite shivers, but good. I'll give you that. I I, th- I agree with you on that. Um, that's not my answer, though. <laughs> my standout moments... I have two. Ooh, is wow. Ma- yeah, I know. Martha's clone always sticks in my head that image of martha kind of rise well not martha but martha's clone rising out of the green gunk uh green slodge i don't know what to call it uh liquid um it just makes me feel uncomfy in a good way because it's shocking um and also i think it was a great shot to use in the series four trailer uh that was always a shot that stood out in my mind i was like why is martha covered in liquid and looking weird uh staring at the camera kind of weird um but no that's always really shocking oh no he slimed me (laughs) um (laughs) but then my other moment is when the doctor thinks you know we mentioned it before but when the doctor thinks donna is going home for good and she's like you big out of space dunce what are you doing what are you doing it is a really funny scene. And I sort of like i knew that she wasn't i forgot as well but i knew that she didn't go home permanently but I, I forgot that she's not intending to leave full time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, in my head, there was like a reason why she joins him again at the end. But yeah, no, she's just visiting home. No, she's just having a little visit, and he completely misunderstood the situation, which is hilarious. But what didn't work for you in this episode, Elliot? If you can pick one thing, um, I mean, I say I think it's quite messy with its subplots. I just think the 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 the, the Luke Rattigan subplot. Not necessarily himself, but the Rook, the Luke Rattigan subplot. Just why? Why are we going? Why are we going for, away from the 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 Atmos factory now to a, an academy in the middle of nowhere? Just, ugh, ugh. I Boring. I do agree with you. Funnily enough, in the, even though I said I think Luke as a character is like one of my favorite parts of the episode, I think it's because of how good the performance is. But I I do agree with you. It is a bit weird, a bit random. What about you? Um, but yeah, I would say my moment that didn't work was, and this is just a personal thing for me, the Sontarans just don't scare me or feel like a real threat at all. Yeah, they are played too much of comedy in this. And it ruins it for me because it feels like there's no stakes. There are stakes, obviously, because of Atmos and everything, but still it's like, eh, okay. Sorry, that's just my personal opinion on them. Um, but Elliot, what is your most Doctor moment? Oh, it's it's using the the tennis stroke badminton racket to hit a ball at the back of a Sontar event to run away. That that was good. Inventiveness, off the cuff, genius. My most doctory moment is Ten wanting to be a part of the Rattigan Academy of Geniuses because he feels lonely. 
because of course he has to you know mention how clever he is all the time and fair enough yeah i mean my my favorite declaration of his intelligence is coming up in the series yeah save it yeah save it favorite quote surprisingly i actually have quite a couple quite a couple go on then um although i did do the donna donna by the way since you didn't ask i'll have a salute um yeah can i say oh, i've got so many do I just list Do you want me to say mine? Them? Yeah, go on. I'll say mine and then you can say yours. Okay. Mine was from Martha. Of course it is. Because mm. I'm on brand, if nothing else. Um, it's all right for you. You can just come and go. But some of us have got to stay behind. So I've got to work from the inside. And by staying inside, maybe I stand a chance of making them better. Lovely. Yeah. Right. Give us your list. <laughs> None as serious or involved. Um, like I say, we've already had, we've already had Donna Don Nova, by the way, since you didn't ask. I'll have a salute. Um, I've loved and forever have loved. We have an intruder. How did he get in? Intruder window. Um, yep. Classic. Um, I felt completely vindicated with the doctor saying to Luke, uh, it's been a long time since someone said no to you, hasn't it? Um, That's a good one, actually. That oh, feels- I kind of wish that was on my list. It feels very, um, it's very, I don't even think she looks tired, coded. Yeah, it's very you know? that vibe. Yep. yep. Yeah. Six, six words. Um, and then my top two, just, we'll do some silly ones. I love, just, I think the delivery from the actor and just the wording of it is when Star comes back to the ship after taking his helmet off and you just get that once on time and go, I see you face battle open skin, sir. May I share that honour? Just real nasty, weird. Yeah. It's giving... <laughs> Um, victory should be naked. It's giving that, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I giving Slitheen a little bit. Mm. <laughs> um, another one is a rogue choice, but it's it's Sylvia. Um, yeah. When when she, towards the end of the episode, when she comes out, just before she realizes she knows the Doctor, she goes, "Oh, men in their cars." I sometimes think if I was a car, and then sort of realizes that the Doctor's there, and she just sort of trails off what she's gonna say. Um, <laughs> But we know what you're going to say, Sylvia. We know, babe. We know. (laughs) We know. So that's it from me. And as you know, we don't give part one of a two-parter a ranking until the next week. So you're going to have to tune in next week to hear the ranking for the Sontaran Stratagem along with the Poison Sky. Well, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the come along pond podcast i hope you had fun we sure did if you like what you heard and you want to support the show you can do so over on patreon that's patreon.com forward slash come along pond podcast over there we have four tiers you can just pledge us some general support you can get a written shout out in our show notes you can get a verbal shout out and you can also experience the joy of ad free listening we have lots of wonderful patrons, and we are so grateful to all of them, but we are most grateful to Jason and for Dr. Pompidou, because they are on our upper tiers. Thank you so much for your support. Patreon.com forward slash come along pom podcast. That's your one-stop shop to give us some little bits of benefitsy money. Love it. Anyway, you don't have to pledge on a monthly reoccurring bill if you head to ko-fi.com forward slash come along podcast you can give us a one-off donation the price for a cup of coffee one for me one for damla one for both of us if you're feeling generous ko-fi forward slash come along podcast there is a dot com there missed it out oh well anyway that's where you can give us 
a, a lick a bit of money, but without reoccurring billing. However, you're already supporting the show by listening to this, and you can support us by sending a cute little email to comealongpompod at gmail.com. If you want to be as cool as Zoe, as Trevor, as Jake, we will endeavour to read your ramblings out on the show and in my dulcet caramel tones. Anyway, other ways you can show your support. Well, I don't know if you know, but we have a TikTok. I'm sure you probably do know because it's definitely how you found this podcast, but over there we, que- we post cute little hot girl chats, fun little momos, our highlights and our lowlights. That is tiktok.com forward slash come along, podcast. You can't miss us. We've got the same artwork everywhere, the same as you're looking at right now on your phone as you're desperately pressing the skip button to stop me talking. Anyway, your one-stop shop, though, instagram.com forward slash come along, pond podcast. Oh, my God. We've almost got like 3,500 followers because people are crazy. We, <laughs> we've already put out a thank you for 3K, and now we're like smashing our way through it. So we appreciate everybody who is over there. If you want to get involved with... Stories, reels, polls, DMs, posts, updates about when episodes are going out, updates about when episodes are not going out, updates about when one of us is sick, updates about maybe guests, and Instagram Lives. That is your one-stop shop, instagram.com forward slash come along pond podcast. Again, same artwork everywhere, so you really can't miss us. But, with all of that being said, Daniel, it's been a pleasure being joined by you this evening. And you, my lovely, I have, I always enjoy this. Even if there's an episode that we're just not feeling, I always enjoy doing it with you. In such esteemed company. And incidentally, yeah. it has been lovely being joined by all of you at home as well. And we give you air from our lungs. <sighs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Downright seriously, I've got to go. You're driving me nuts. <laughs> Get it? Because the sat nav's in a car. Yeah, the car the and the thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs>